This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Ramane. Right. Uh, which was an idea that you had based on a love that super producer Andrew has and a, a suggestion he sent once because it's his birthday belated. But ish birthday month. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. We went to his party. We did the thing. Yeah. I gave yeah, him a did. glow stick very ceremoniously. <laughs> <laughs> As I love to do. Yeah, glow sticks are heckin' ceremonious. It was very ceremonious. Um <laughs> out of nowhere one might say. Uh but uh yes happy birthday a huge part of the show uh, oh yeah yeah happy to couldn't, have you <laughs> literally couldn't do it without you thank yes. you so much yes um this is something i didn't know anything about until he requested it uh several months or maybe even a year ago who knows but i have seen it since i've seen it i went to h mart <laughs> and i saw it there and then I saw it on a menu recently when I was ordering sushi. I saw that they had they had ramen. some. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, but I've never had it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it soda isn't really a large part of either of our lives, but mm -hmm. but this one, this one is nice. It holds a certain amount of nostalgia for me, um, and uh, it's it's just so blue, you know. <laughs> Not really. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all that blue, actually. It's it's clear to mildly blue. So that, yeah. Uh, okay. 
Well, uh, you can see our soda episode. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, or our lemonade episode. Both of those intersect here. This is true. But okay, that brings us to our question. Uh-huh. What is it? Well, uh, ramené is a style of soda pop that comes in a bunch of different flavors and packaging formats, but the classic is this like lemon-lime plus something flavor that comes in glass bottles that are sealed with a marble in gasket configuration instead of the now more common bottle cap. Um, it's a sweet, like a little tart, Fairly mild in flavor, nicely fizzy. Uh, the kitsch of the bottle is really part of the fun, uh, that that glass marble is held in position with the gasket by the pressure of the carbonation inside the bottle. Um, so each bottle is packaged with a device that you use to force the, the ceiling marble down into the bottle, where it's caught by a sort of a dimple or, or, or pocket-like in the bottleneck. The drink is meant to be, like, fun and summery and, like, maybe mostly for kids and or a nostalgic older audience. Um, it's a treat at, like, festivals and picnics and on vacation, especially in the summer. It's like if, a, if Sprite or 7-Up was a, was a generic term. Um, and it was advertised more like Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's like if a snow cone were a soda. Um, it's sweet and simple, like a, like sepia tone in, in drink format. But but don't don't drink sepia tone. No. No. You can metaphorically drink it in, but otherwise. Yeah, yeah, not physically. Don't do don't, don't no. recommend. No. <laughs> Uh, a side note, y'all, if there's weird construction noise in the background of this one, I uh, that's kind of happening. And it sounds like maybe there is a herd from Jurassic Park in my backyard, but it's not. It's just a construction crew. Um, Are you all right. sure? I, well, I haven't <laughs> checked yet in this minute, but <laughs> that's the last time I last checked. last words territory, Lauren. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're correct. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, back to Ramane. Okay. So, so, so it is this interesting phenomenon because the, the term Ramane refers to this specific, like, smooth, sparkling lemonade sort of flavor. And it's also grown to refer to the specific bottle type. Um, but that means that ramené can be packaged in other types of vessels, and you've got flavors of ramené other than that classic lemonade-ish thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that plus something or ish flavor that I keep referring to is a little bit hard to, to, to explain or pin down. It's sort of something like fruity or bubblegummy or maybe like chalky in a pleasant way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the classic flavor is often tinted light blue or will come in a blue tinted bottle or will be labeled in shades of light blue. Um, other flavors are often differentiated through other colors. Several drink companies produce ramen style sodas, including um, Sangria, uh, Kimura Drink, and Hatakosen. And there are also local varieties uh, sold as tourist items, um, and there are lots and lots and lots of co-branding deals with properties like Naruto or Hello Kitty, if you couldn't tell this product is from Japan. Um, mm -hmm. Other than the classic, uh, flavors do vary pretty wildly. They're mostly uh, pleasant fruity things, um, but they get weird too. So, you know, you've got your like melon, strawberry, orange, 
yuzu, grape, peach, lychee, coconut, banana, pineapple, that sort of thing. Um, But there's also been like matcha, salted watermelon, chocolate, chili, curry, kimchi, takoyaki, yakisoba, french fries. French fries. Right? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) Let us know if you've tried it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, Okay, the bottles themselves are also known as cod bottles after their creator. More on that in the history, but let's talk about the science here. Okay, so, right, these bottles are sealed uh, not with a bottle cap, but with a glass marble that fits securely into part of of a plastic cap or a rubber gasket that's fitted inside the bottle's lip. And this only works with carbonated drinks. Um, Okay, so you put the marble in the bottle, then you fill it with soda, then attach the cap or gasket. Um, Then you quickly flip the bottle upside down and the pressure from the carbonation will force the marble into the gasket and like stick it there. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in order to get it out, each bottle comes packaged with a little like plastic plunger piece, uh, like an open cylinder that has a flat cap across one side. So so you place the open end down on the marble and it'll just fit around it and then press down with your palm on the flat end. And with enough pressure, you can pop the marble down into the bottle's neck. The neck is uh, is pinched or like bubbled out to to keep the marble from rolling around in the body of the bottle, and there are little indentations in one side of that bubble that let you carefully trap the marble and prevent it from rolling back up into the gasket when you tip it up to drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a little bit it's a little bit of a game though. Yeah, <laughs> little, okay. little 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 bit of coordination. Yeah. Uh huh. And furthermore, uh, because manufacturers know that you probably want to get that marble out, um, some Ramane bottles are made with the with the uh, gasket formed into like a screw-on plastic cap. So you can just unscrew it when you're done and tip the marble right out of the bottle. <laughs> oh, I bet people have collections. Oh, oh, they do. Oh, they do. And there's also like like intact antique cod bottles are something of a rarity, people theorize, because kids just smashed them to get at the marbles so often oh yep I <laughs> yep that makes sense to me <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um the classic flavor though is also sometimes available in plastic bottles or like aluminum bottles or cans and if you're going to consume it you can drink it straight out of the bottle preferably chilled first or serve it like over ice or mix it into cocktails Ramane is also a popular flavor for like candies of various kinds, uh, personal care products like toothpaste, and winds up in other iterations. For example, uh, like limited edition McDonald's milkshakes, which it did in Japan in 2020. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, what about the nutrition? Oh, soda's a treat. Soda, soda's solidly a treat. Um, treats are nice. Yep. Treats are nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we have a couple numbers for you. Mm, just a couple. Okay, so at its peak of production, I, I think in like the 1950s-ish, uh, there were some 2,300 ramen production facilities throughout Japan. Wow. I think. Uh, as of 2021, there were only 33 left. Um, of those, five exported to other countries at the time. However, one of those, um, the manufacturer uh, Harakosen out of Osaka, can bottle 65,000 units a day. Whew. Whew. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, they've got a fan base, uh, Super Producer Andrew <laughs> included. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but there is quite a history into how they got this fan base. Oh, yes. And we are going to get into that history as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Yes, thank you. Okay, um, as we've talked about before on the show, people have been pretty excited about sparkling water um, forever. Uh, but Europeans specifically, and perhaps the French extra specifically, were really excited about sparkling lemonade in the 1600s. Uh, at that time and in that region, lemons were like just becoming vaguely affordable, and uh, chemists were just figuring out how to produce and bottle carbonated water. The first marketed soft drink was a sparkling lemonade in Paris in the 1670s. It remained a popular drink and um, spread as innovations in carbonation and bottling spread. By the mid-1800s, uh, Schweppes out of London had this popular sparkling lemonade um, sold in these corked bottles that were rounded in a sort of egg shape uh, or like or like avocado shape. Um, they, they had no flat surface because they were meant to lay on their side to keep the cork moist. And uh, they were sturdy enough that they could survive trips pretty much anywhere. Now, this next note might be apocryphal. It sounds apocryphal to me. But, uh, but, but legend has it that American Admiral Matthew Perry, who led the uh, sort of bullied-slash-negotiated creation of domestic relations between Japan and the United States in the 1850s, um, legend has it that he brought sparkling lemonade with him when he first came to Japan in 1853, and that he really surprised the heck out of some Japanese officials when he popped the cork on the bottle. Um, 
like the, the legend goes that they were all very surprised, like, oh, that's a new type of gun. And everyone drew their swords and things were very tense for just a second until they realized that it was a delicious drink and they all stood down. Could have gone a lot worse, I'll say. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, in fact, true. <laughs> um, but yes, yes. When it comes to Ramane specifically, most sources suggest that it was invented in Kobe, Japan in the 19th century by Scottish pharmacist Alexander Cameron Sim. Uh, his original idea was based on lemonade, so goes the name, according to some sources. Um, he missed lemonade and he wanted to create some. And so he came up with this product and he sold it to fellow foreigners in Japan. Um, and stepping back a bit into his life, uh, the story goes that he joined the British Royal Navy in 1866. He was first posted in Hong Kong, but then was relocated to Japan and Nagasaki, um, which was a very uh, important international trade port. And it was one of the only ports to trade with the West at the time. Yeah, and uh, carbonated lemonade had been imported through Nagasaki for a few years before he arrived, and it seems that at least one local had even started producing some, but it hadn't really caught on. Right, and as trade opened after a period of strict isolationism in Japan, companies started opening there and people were looking for opportunities to make money. Sim was one of them. He saw an opportunity, especially after he began working for an import business. Meanwhile, um, a businessman in Tokyo may have begun selling a carbonated lemonade product called Ramane on May 4th of 1872. And for that reason, May 4th is Ramane Day in Japan? Write in. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, though. Yes, that bottle you mentioned. Uh, a fellow named Hiram Cod invented the Cod bottle in 1872 using a glass marble to maintain the fizz. Apparently, he was also looking to reduce the dependence on cork. Yeah, I mean, like, cork can be expensive. Uh, it's a natural product, and it can be tricky because it's a natural product. Um, this was also before crown caps had been invented uh, or b bottle caps. Also, um, Cod's bottles could be stored upright on a flat surface without much risk of rolling off. Um, remember, the other popular bottle design at the time was rounded. And you could buy, like, little stands to set those bottles in. But, yeah, they, they were designed for storage and shipping, not for serving. Um, also, Cod's marble and gasket seal was reliable and reusable. Um, you could return, wash, and refill the bottle without replacing any of the parts until that gasket wore out. And that was not the expensive part of the of the operation there. Um, at the time, the plunger piece would have been wooden with like maybe like a little rubber piece uh, on the part that you set right against the marble. Um, yeah. And he was licensing out this patent by 1873. By 1884, Sim uh, had gone into business for himself in imports, mostly importing medical stuff. And one of the things that he was importing was this carbonated lemonade packaged in these newfangled cod bottles. <laughs> uh, and when Ramane was released, it was called Mabu Soda, uh, Marble Soda, and it was believed to be medicinal, and particularly when it came to preventing cholera. 
Yeah, um, uh, sparkling water in general and lots of sodas in particular were intended to be health drinks or, or, or downright medicinal at the time. And cholera, which spreads through drinking water or, or, or foods contaminated with this one kind of pathogenic bacteria, uh, cholera was epidemic in Japan a few times throughout the 1880s and 90s, so it was a concern. Um, safely bottled water would indeed not give you cholera. Um, and lemon has been shown to inhibit growth of the bacteria, even when it's pretty diluted. So a little mm -hmm. bit of something to it. Yes, yes. But even with that, eventually this product caught on for taste alone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, by the 1890s, the bottles were being manufactured in Osaka. And up until the 1930s, the cod neck bottle that marble was believed to retain carbonation. Some companies in Japan continued using this classic design even as technology moved past it. Yeah, uh, bottle caps or, or crown caps hit the scene right around the turn of the 20th century. In Japan, um, much as marble cap bottles are known as ramenay bottles because of this specific drink's popularity, uh, crown cap bottles are known as cider bottles. And fast forward to today, it seems that cod-type bottles are only produced for ramen and for Indian soft drinks, like uh, like Banta. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, side note, uh, people like to attribute the word cod swallop, meaning nonsense, uh, to cod bottles, wallop being slang for beer in British English. Um, so, so people say like, oh, like maybe... Cod swallop was meant to be like a derisive term for soft drinks. It's cod swallop, you know, I don't know. Um, but people think that's a folk etymology. Um, the, the word cod swallop can only be traced to the 1940s. Um, and it seems to have been retroactively applied to that plunger that I keep talking about. Because you wallop <laughs> the cod's bottle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love when we get to go on these little <laughs> detours. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, in 1953, uh, ramen accounted for over 60% of carbonated beverage production in Japan. Um, I, think, I think that was the peak right there. However, uh, uh, more recently, the pandemic took a serious chunk out of uh, manufacturing and sales of ramen. In Japan, sales of glass bottle ramen drinks were down 35% from 2019 to 2020, and plastic bottle ramen was down um, 76%. Um, people just, like, were not gathering and celebrating and touristing and pub-going the way that they usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested uh, in more recent numbers. So people have started doing that. And I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia attached to, like, going back out. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, so I'm curious if if those numbers have gone up as people have been like, oh, I've really missed this ramen. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't find anything about it. But um, but but if, if y'all have any personal experience, please, please, please let us know. Yes, please let us know. We should. Should interrogate super producer Andrew <laughs> about what his experience has been. Oh, it sounds very serious, but okay. Yeah, soda interrogation. It's, I like it's it. It's a very serious show. Um, <laughs> yes, so absolutely. It's only, only appropriate. <laughs> um, but 
in the meantime. I think that's what we have to say about Ramane for now. Uh, yes, we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. <laughs> That was a fun one. <laughs> I don't know if it worked, but I had a good time. <laughs> so, a lot of you have written in about halloumi. Oh, yay, yeah. Yes, which I made a delicious halloumi pasta and it was the best. Ooh. But keep sending in the recommendations. Mm-hmm. I'll get more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not hard, yeah. I will do it. <laughs> um, Melissa wrote... I just finished the Lahumi episode and found it really interesting that it was a big deal in the UK as the first time I tried it was on a trip to London. It was the only meatless option at the pub and was served breaded and fried as part of a vegetarian take on fish and chips. Mm. It was love at first bite. Mm. I've since tried a few other recipes, but in the end, I think I prefer it thinly sliced and fried. My favorite recipe combines fried halloumi with pearl couscous, kale, hummus, and carrots roasted in honey and za'atar. Halloumi kind of reminds me of scallops in a way. They're both versatile flavors and easy to cook, so there's a temptation to innovate, but it's not really necessary. All you need is a quick sear and you're good to go. Oh, mm. oh both of those things sound really beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh, halloumi fish and chips? Right? Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, this recipe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love a fish and chips, but if my substitute, I, I would not be mad at the substitute being delicious cheese. No. No, I think that's great. Oh my gosh. And I do think you're so right. Sometimes you're so caught up in like, what's the fanciest thing I could do with this? Yeah. How but can sometimes, I? Yeah. Sometimes it's just nice to let it shine through. Um, and that's when I made my pasta, it was a pretty simple pasta and it was just kind of lightly seared halloumi in it. And they, it was so good. Oh. <laughs> it was so good. Oh. oh, I still haven't gotten any. Ugh. Oh, Lauren. You gotta get on that. You gotta get on that. <laughs> oh heck, I do. I I do. And oh, and okay, the cravings shall continue because mm -hmm. Paul wrote, "Hi, Lauren and Annie. Imagine my joy when seeing the latest episode about something I grew up making and eating. I'm first and a half generation in the states, with my dad born in Cyprus and my mom born here. Uh, but her parents were both from Cyprus. My dad came to the states as a war refugee in 1974, as his home was between what's now considered the Turkish and Greek Cypriot areas of the island, and is still uninhabitable and off limits. Making halloumi has been passed down in my family for who knows how long. Uh, you were mentioning filtering the brine while heating it up to poach the curd. At this point, if a glass of the milk that was reserved at the beginning of the process is poured in the heating brine, it will make a cheese called anari. Um, this is basically ricotta, and there are two popular ways to eat it. If it's fresh and still warm, uh, sprinkle a little sugar on it for a tasty, and I mean tasty, dessert. If you're not going to use it right away, sprinkle some salt on it and then either refrigerate or freeze. It tends to be a little drier than ricotta and is used in a variety of ways. Uh, grate it over pasta instead of parmesan, put it in ravioli, etc. You can also put halloumi in ravioli by freezing and grating it or just shredding it. We visited Cyprus when I was seven, and I have a vague memory of surprising my relatives with the amount of halloumi ravioli I was able to pack into my little boy body. My parents later confirmed the accuracy of this memory. Food is a priority in the Cypriot culture, and you will be fed even after you say no more. You usually have to refuse three times before you're left alone. Uh, we still occasionally make halloumi and prefer 100% goat milk for its bright flavor. Mmm. Oh, all of that is delightful. All of those things sound delicious. Thank you so much for writing in with your personal experience. Yes. History behind your personal experience. Um, also, in ravioli, oh gosh. I know. That sounds just so creamy and nice. Like, like the perfect salt bomb. And I can see right. it like balanced with the like acidity of maybe tomatoes or yeah. lemon or something yeah and I really oh. love I really love like a funky goat situation with a pasta because yes. it just really mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. funky mm -hmm. goat situation <laughs> that's where we, we live that's what we love <laughs> um, but I love this I uh as I mentioned I've been on a big paneer kick and the, mm -hmm. the person checking me out was like you could just make it and I was like that sounds so intimidating and she was like Oh, no, you can do it. And so I love when people write in and like, no, you can just make. This. Yeah, no, you can just do it. Yeah. yeah. OK. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear anything about this like secondary cheese. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm not uh, butchering the pronunciation. Uh, yeah, that sounds so good. It does. Oh, my gosh. Well, 
Thanks for the cravings. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. Uh, if you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.